Hey y'all, it's your girl No Mercy here. It's Tuesday night, so you already know what time it is. It's time for No Punches Pulled with No Mercy. Some of you probably already know who I am. For those of you that don't, I'm your host, Brooke Millbrook, formerly known in the fight game as Brooke No Mercy Deerdorf. I am a retired professional boxer. I held the WBC lightweight title until I retired, and I was inducted into the International Women's Boxing Hall of Fame last year. I've been through some good, some bad, and of course, a lot of BS in the sport of women's boxing. Welcome to my platform. This is where we talk the talk and we walk the walk. We're going to bring out the truth and all the behind the scenes BS in women's boxing. You're going to hear from the pioneers of the sport, past boxers, current boxers, and even future boxers. We'll be getting down and dirty and speaking the truth of what it takes, what takes place in women's boxing. You don't want to miss a single episode, so please make sure you like subscribe and share um so you can join us every tuesday um hopefully you guys already saw um the promotion of today's show we have in the house laura lady ram ramsey laura started her career in boxing in 2002 and retired at the age of 50 in 2020. she held several titles in the amateurs before turning pro at the late age of 35 in 2004. Laura fought the best in the game, such as Gwendolyn O'Neill twice, Shelly Burton, Aaron Tohill twice, and Charlotte Ewell, just to name a few. She held the GBU middleweight world title, which she won in 2007. She's now a boxing coach, manager, and promoter, still continuing to leave a mark in the sport of women's boxing. Please help me welcome Lady Ram to the show. What's up, Laura? How you doing? Hey, hey. what's going on, Brooke? HOF, Brooke. <laughs> HOF, yes, yes. It's yeah, so great H-O-F. to have you on again. Um, and this time we get to talk about your story. So I'm so super excited. I mean, I know your story, but some people don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you you know some of my story. I mean, some. I, I'm sure. You know, it's funny. Every single show I do, I think I know like all the fighters. And you know, I I do my research and I look up, and but there's always something that comes out that I don't know. So I like to listen. I like the stories too because I learn something too. Yeah. Well, what you do know is um, which what you know is actually a lot of what's not on the internet. So that's the good thing about it. And that's the, some of the parts that I'm going to actually uh, start putting in my book um, that I'll be working on. So um, that's a good thing. But there's some other underlying things that nobody really knows unless they're like like in my circle. So yeah. that's the good stuff. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, I'm I'm a partial circle member, I would say. I know some. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know it all, but that's that's why we're here. <laughs> that's thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for coming. Um, so I always start out, I mean, take us back um to your childhood. Kind of tell us like how you grew up, where you grew up, and what led you to boxing. Man, um, well, I grew up in Lake West, Florida. Um, that's one of the citrus cap citrus capitals of the world. We we actually um have the Florida Natural Orange Juice brand for anybody that's uh, into orange juice. Um, my hometown is the capital for that. And um, I grew up um, playing all the sports, foot, uh, basketball, football, not sorry, basketball, softball, uh, volleyball, track, baseball, um, you name it. I was in the band, just did all kinds of things and um, just excelled without any 
um, just without any extra going to camps and things like that. It was just one of those above average, natural, raw um, athletes. Um, actually growing up, growing up in a project. So back then it wasn't as rough. Um, it was tough, but not rough. Um, and I just had a no nonsense mom that she wasn't even trying to hear nothing I was trying to say. She was like a dictator, just told me everything to do and I had to do it. So, you know, I walked a very, very, very straight line. So, um, you know, my family dynamics and everything, just well-rounded educators, doctors, lawyers. Um, and I just knew to kind of do the right thing, but there was still this underlying thing that kind of just, um, just kind of ate at me, if you will. And um, I just kind of had to deal with that along the way. And that was a, a which we all try to avoid, but that's bullying. That was a that started kind of with bullying. So I was a, a, the little girl with the long ponytail, um, with the hair that didn't quite match for my um, ethnicity, so they say. And um, I got bullied for that. So it kind of that's kind of where some of the stuff started. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um... I don't know any, actually, I'm sure there are some, but I haven't met any female fighter yet that didn't deal with bullying in school. Mm -hmm. um, I think we have all dealt with that a little bit. And I know my kids have dealt with it really bad too. So mm -hmm. um, I'm very familiar with that aspect of people just being nasty. We'll just yeah. put it that way. People just being nasty. Um, I do know um, that at the age of 16, you did become pregnant um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a young teen. Um, but you, you kept your head together. You kept pushing forward. You graduated high school. You still went yeah. to college on a volleyball, basketball, softball scholarship. Yeah. You received your bachelor's degree in organized management. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of young girls today, especially today, um, that deal with similar situations or are kind of put in that situation. Um, and some of them just don't know how to proceed forward um, properly or don't have the people behind them to help them to keep pushing forward and be persistent to succeed. So I feel like your story um, with that will really help, help yeah. some Ooh. of these girls, these young girls today, because you did, I mean, you went above and beyond, you know, graduating, going to college, getting your degree, still got mm -hmm. a scholarship. Like you, you didn't let that stop you from getting your going, going for your dreams and your goals. So kind of tell, tell us a little bit about that. So the way it started was, um, it was my senior year. I had just, you know, left 11th grade going into my 12th grade year. And um, my dad, who, you know, he had a, another family already established, um, he passed away. My last time seeing him was actually at my uh, my job. It was a fast food restaurant and I cleaned off the table and all that stuff. So I didn't know that was going to be the last time that I saw him. So he had a heart attack. And so going into my senior year, you know, to lose my dad, knowing that my, my dad was, I kind of was like the apple of my dad's eye. I had like yeah. six boys and I was the only girl. So that's the way I felt anyway. But um, I, I don't remember saying I love love him. We always said that. And yeah. I, 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 I don't recall. So I had that little hang up in my head. But um, my best friend, you know, he was goofball. My best friend, you know, we just kind of got together one time and and magic occurred <laughs> so to speak and then it was just a situation that you know i had to deal with going into my senior year so i'm the the you know all sports uh senior and all of a sudden i have to deal with this 
situation and my family oh my i mean when i say my family my doc, my uncle is on my birth certificate as the birthing physician nice so yeah so i'm named after his wife which is my mom's sister which is my aunt but so they were so what i'm saying is this is not like in my family you just kind of okay let's deal with this um what are you going to do so i kind of had to put on my big mama panties really fast and i, I felt like i i don't want to say i missed out i just was delayed and then what really triggered me was there was an article in our local newspaper that stated a black female that was pregnant um my age was never gonna make it and i don't know why they were um post something like that in the newspaper but i can recall that was one of my driving factors i was like i'm not gonna let anything of a black print on a white piece of paper tell me what i am i said i i was just going through something my father passed away it's my best friend you know and that was the situation but um i what i noticed was a lot of people that you know as we know when you're going through turmoil or whatever a lot of people that say they're on your side, they really don't, they're really not there. They don't really want to uh, deal with it with you. And so what I had to do is, um, you know, there were some people that did step in and I appreciate those people. And I had to kind of just learn to walk with my head held high and to deal with the situation. And yeah. once, so I was 16 as a senior, graduated at 17 and I was in college at 17 with a two month old baby. But all my scholarships that um, my basketball, volleyball scholarship, excuse me, volleyball scholarship, they they went away. And so what I had to do was, um, I just just took one step at a time. And I noticed that as I went back to go try out, walk on to these different colleges, they were actually looking for me because I I never used my real name. You know, my name was Laura Ramsey. Yeah. All of the newspaper articles had me as Lisa. Has my middle name is Alicia. They have my name is Lisa Ramsey, you know. And so all of the college coaches were looking for me, but going into college, they use your first name. So as I presented myself as Laura, that has you know about thirty pounds packed on me. Now with the baby, they were like they thought I was like the cousin or something. And they were looking for me. So thank God, thank God that the the work that I had done then spoke for me so i was able to actually go into walk on college um you know college uh sports and to get um invited back as a scholarship so that and when i say in five years of college um i may have paid for one semester only because it was just a situation deal but in five years of college god has blessed me to um you know earn my degree yeah you know so thank god and that's amazing amazing yes. amazing um yes. michael Orr is tuning in hey michael thank you for tuning in he says hello hey, mike. it's great to see you again i know you were looking forward to this one michael so <laughs> i know you were looking forward to it so we're here um so yeah um that's amazing um and a way to stay true and um just make it make it work with what you got i mean things right. happen and you just can't give up that's really what it boils down to um hard work and persistence pays off um Correct. and if you just keep 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 going forward you're all good you just can't yeah. give up that's all 
Um, I do know I love softball as well. Um, I played <laughs> softball, but I played them all too. Basketball, softball, uh, volleyball. I mm -hmm. played them all too in school. Um, I had a basketball scholarship to play uh, full ride, but I joined the army instead after mm -hmm. high school. So um, I'm familiar with that whole background there. Um, I do. After I retired from boxing, though, I did take up uh, fast, fast pitch softball league uh, and played fast pitch softball league. Um, two years in, I tore my ACL though, so I haven't played since then. Um, and I know that you played pro softball. After yes. Um, oh, you you did some homework. <laughs> I did my homework. I did my homework. Um, okay. You played mm -hmm. pro softball, and in your second year, you got a, a career-ending injury. Yes. Uh, softball. So what yes. Was, yes. What it was like playing professional softball. I mean, I would have loved to play pro ball, any ball, <laughs> pro any ball for that matter. Um, walk us through that. And then um, how you got injured. It was amazing. Um, as you know, like I said, I'm, I'm riding on cloud nine. I was at my degree. I was working at Florida natural actually as one of the, I, I wouldn't say execs, but I was working alongside the execs doing, um, the formulation for um, ocean spray and things like that. And so, I mean, I was a young girl with a degree with a pocket full of money. So I was just able to bounce around and just enjoy life. And then um, they said that there was a tryout for fast pitch because I was playing uh, semi-pro baseball actually. So I did that first. And then at the end of that, they, they let me know, the coach let me know, hey, there's a tryout. You know, and I was like, the University of South Florida is in is uh university in Florida. And I, I went over there, tried out the two day tryout, and they said three things gonna happen. You either gonna get a deep like a rejection letter saying no thank you, you're gonna get um put on the um draft list or you're gonna get signed on the spot. So I was one of the ones that went on the draft list and um you know when I when I finally I didn't I didn't get a letter though. Because the mailman, something happened. My mom redirected the mail, and it went back to Colorado. So I never got the the mail. So the news, the mail deliverer said, "Hey, I think your letter came, but I had to send it back." So he told me, and I called, and it was like, "Yeah, you're on the draft list. So just you know, be aware." So I told my company, "Listen, like I don't, I don't have nothing to lose. I don't have any time to play around as a young mother. If they call me, I'm gone." I was making pretty good money back then. So that uh, Friday, I got the phone call. And by Tuesday, I was already packed and ready to go. I said, Mom, you know, I'm going to try out. No, I had already tried out. I said, Mom, I'm going to play. She said, leave your baby. <laughs> you're not taking your baby. And I was like, what? She's like, nope, you're going to play, go play. So I think she might have understood that maybe I was had grown up really fast. And this was my me time, so to speak. Yeah. And it was only it was only a few months anyway, but I was able to actually, you know, pull her from Florida here and there and, and spend time with her. But that's what happened. And um and I and I, I did it. So Yeah, that's you know, awesome. I made history with that. Yeah. yeah. What's up, Taz? Taz in the building. What's up, champ? What's um, up, Golden Child? Yes, what's up, girl? Um, good luck. Good luck this weekend. I'll be watching for sure. Um, you better mm -hmm. kick some ass. That's all I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I know. Um, so you did get the injury. What, how did you get injured? Oh boy. So mm, 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 mm. 
I don't even know if I want to put this part in there because this is a part of my book, but I make it. Oh, I'll make it short. Have, no, I'll make it short. I I went to I moved to Ohio on a on a um a whim. Um, I moved to Ohio chasing a dream, and that would be in the book. But um, there it was cold in Ohio. Um, right off of I think it was Lake Erie. Um, it was cold. I couldn't work out. I gained weight. Um, so I went into spring training overweight the second year. The first year I was tip top shape, second year overweight. And then, um, you know, I took a, a slide and I took a slide and it, it almost ripped my kneecap off. Right. It was just a bad slide. So recouping off of that, um, I was out for a little minute. And then when they put me back in, I was uh, running fast pitch. I was running for the pitcher and it put him on first base and it was first or third situation. Clearly remember this. And I, I don't know if the person, the player on third drew enough attention, but you know, I took off the second. I thought the play was crystal clear and maybe I was just oblivious. I don't know, but I caught a cleat with my hand open as I was reaching for second base. And it split to beyond <laughs> the point of flexion to, to the point that it popped my um popped my bone. So I have five screws in a plate in my hand as we speak. But it's that ended, class, that that ended boxing and the weightlifting and it ended it ended everything for me. And I was just so down in the dumps that I gained so much weight. I was in the two hundreds at that point. I went from yeah. 163, 8% body fat to like 203. And um and and then another situation happened that is a whole nother deal. So <laughs> it just hadn't stopped yet. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I feel you. I feel you. Um in I know in 2001 you formed the Lake Wales boxing team to yeah. help the neighborhood teens focus their attention on const- something constructive, keep kids out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um Tell me what, like, what made you want to start that, and how hard was it to keep it going? So, um, I was actually um, training in the Andre Berto camp, um, one town over, and um, and I really wanted to be home. Um, Amar Stoudemire, if you know the basketball player, we're from the same town, and so um, I I just wanted to do something there rather than keep moving and traveling. And yeah. so I just decided I had a brand, got a brand new gold Camry and put a, a big bow on the top of it and was one of the last entries into the Christmas parade. And I was like, hey, anybody want to want to wear some gloves and be in the Christmas parade to get a T-shirt? Meet me under this tree. Right. So so many people showed up. So many kids showed up. I didn't even have enough uh, shirts, which is <laughs> 20 shirts. So all the kids just jumped in the parade. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what is this? So from there, by the way, we got honorable mention. And I was like, this is we have to do something in Lake Wells. So um, I took it upon myself to go to the higher ups. um, He was the police chief. And I sat down and say, hey, listen, this is who I am. This is what I I have done. This is what I wanted to do. How can you help? And the response I got was so far beyond the response that I would have thought. It drove me 
out of the city, so to speak. So um, I um, so I was told that they didn't that if I, I was told that if I helped the youth off the street, what would the cops have to do? Oh. And I'm I'm like interested. I say, well, you can eat donuts, ha ha ha, as a joke. <laughs> and so he was like, well, you know, when you start dealing with that, and he he went into details as to how I would change the economics of the city and it will cause less cops to be needed if I fix the, the, the problem. Well, isn't that the point? No. I mean, that's <laughs> Not, the point. We don't want trouble. <laughs> I learned very well when you try to, when you just like cancer, when you try to fix cancer, um, you know, things happen. When you try to fix problems in and these people, that's their livelihood is to have the problem and to make it appear like they're fixing the problem. That's the way that they eat. And once I understood that, as I, again, I was young, as I was learning that, I was like, wait, they're not even trying to help the kids. So it's just always have been in my heart to help. To, that's just what it is. I don't care if I don't have, I'm going to find a way. Um, if, if, I, if you won't help me, I'm going to go work and do something to do what I feel that's needed. Because mind you, um, my daughter had, she wasn't having kids then, but once she started having kids, um, then I knew there's kids that my grandsons look just like. And I would hope that somebody helped my grandsons that they yeah. ever was in need. So it's just, and that's where the village comes in of helping people. So I just, I just never, I just never went back. So I just continued to move and go from place to place to get and do my own thing and walk to the beat of my own drum the way that I know how to help the people that I could. I know I'm not God. I know I'm not like an almighty, but yeah. what I am is a force, a, a little force that can uh, help some of the people, you know, that want to be a part of what, what I have to offer. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, I know that, um, let's see, you started, you started amateurs in 2003, I believe it was after, um, working with them, right. In 2002, you kind of decided to start competing. Um, where did you get this from? I got this on point. You better, so yes, so I was at, I was in St. Pete, Florida again against Keith Thurman. I'm throwing some names out there. Keith Thurman, he was in the amateurs, but um, this is over in his area in Florida, West Florida, and um, I had my team with me, and I I I just knew there was no other female my size um, that was going to be there to box. So I just came in. There was a coaches training. I did that, and all of a sudden there was this name. I, I just asked. I said, hey. Um, I know there's not another female out there, you know, that came and they was like, well, no, wait, there is. And I was like, there is? <laughs> I was like, what? So they was like, yeah, um, you know, her name is, uh, Alexandria Malloy. If you know Alexandria Malloy, right? Yeah. Like this talk. So I was like, oh, okay, well put my name down. I'll fight her. And it was like, okay. So I went to my coach's meeting and took my kids back home. And then I came back the next day, you know, ready to compete. And 
and do my thing with my team. And uh, we fought. That was my first fight. Didn't even train for it. I was training, but not training for that. Yeah. And that girl beat me from one side of the ring to the other side. Okay. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. I can't tell you. All I know is, and th at this time it was punch count. I, it wasn't, I don't think it was rounds. I yeah. think it was punch counts or something. Okay. But I don't know what got in me, but I just saw like what I would think was near death. And my right hand came out like a firing sword. And I hit her so many times with my right to I got tired. And in the end, they raised my hand. And I told them after I woke up at ringside, because I passed out at ringside, um, as soon as the doctor checked me off, there's a chair. I sat down and went to sleep for like 30 minutes. And um, I was like, and this is my friends. <laughs> this is my teammate. This is what you don't do in boxing. Yeah. And I taught them the hard way. And it was a lesson for me is you can't play boxing. You can't play with it. You can't think that you're the toughest person out there. You might be the toughest, but honey, if you didn't train and you yeah, don't you eat right and sleep right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was my first lesson to myself as well as my team. And, um, you know, yeah, th those are the memories. The street fight. It's not the same. Like you can street fight all day, but if you're not in boxing shape, mm -mm, you ain't even gonna make it one round. It's not yeah. the same. It is not the same. Yeah. So my hats was, went off to uh, Alexandria, and she chased me around uh, Florida. She didn't, but her coach did. He chased me around Florida for the longest. But we met again in the pros. So okay, yeah, yeah, you did, you did, you did. Um, <laughs> so then in 2003, you captured several several regional, national level championships, including state champ and regional champ. Um, mm. Tell us a little bit about your amateur career and the titles. So um, I couldn't get any fights after that fight. So um, I should say I couldn't get any fight. I didn't want to fight Alexandra again because we could have fought. But, um, you know, the next year, I just went to every fight. I, I, I put my mind to it, said, hey, I'm going to focus on this. I was bouncing around um, trying to find training, trying to find somebody to train me. I linked up with Bonnie Canino. And, um, and Bonnie, she actually was my trainer when yeah. we went when I fought on okay so 2003 I went undefeated 2002 my first fight won 2003 undefeated I got a chance to I was number ranked number one in the United States and um USA boxing if I go to Russia so of course yep I'm going Bonnie Canino um Hall of Famer Bonnie, Bonnie Canino was one of the coaches and she you know led me there and I got a draw against the Russian yay yay which I think I won but anyway we'll take a draw and then the second fight it was the duel they moved the taller girl at 160 she was 178 I think they moved her down into the my weight class so she can I guess beat me so it was it was a good fight I would say it was a draw but she took the win that was my first defeat ever I didn't know how to feel and especially being in another country, um, it was, you know, it was it was a little bitter. I was a little bitter, but um, I came back and then got invited uh, to go to Sweden. So I uh, got a loss. I took a loss to Sweden, but although they the Swedes said that I won, but it was all good because we partied after and had a good time. And I was 34. 
becoming a grandma. There was no Olympics for me. And the only thing I knew to do at that point was um, to turn pro. Yeah. So. Yeah. So at the age of 35, you, you decided to go pro. Um, yeah. You did um, fight for a ring of their own promotion several times. Um, I don't know if mm -hmm. I'm, I'm familiar with the ring of their own, uh, but a lot of people out there listening probably are not. So mm -hmm. can you maybe tell, give a little bit of history and like your experience with the ring of their own promotions and what they did to help and everything. So ring of their own. Um, they were, I think they, they were basing their fights in casinos. And so um, it was all female organization, all female fight card organization promotions. And, um, you know, I had some, I don't know if I should call names, but I will. I had uh, what was called Wanda Bruce. She was on the team and she was always said, hey, we have this fight. Uh, would you want to take it? I was like, yep. So she's like, okay. And then I won. And then the next fight, she was like, uh, hey, uh, a fight fell out. Do you want to take it? I was like, yep. So she kept calling me even though I was like back. Like they weren't looking at me as like the A fighter. They was they they weren't really looking at me. But Wanda was like, mm, it's something about her right hand that we need to pay attention to. So um, they she was saying, look, you guys need to find, you need to sign Laura. So they was like, oh, we don't know. Whatever they said, they didn't sign me. And she just kept plugging away. And then she was like, hey, I got this fight for you. Would you take it um, against um, Aaron Tohill? And I was like, yep. And so I took that fight. The what people didn't know uh, was my trainer, who was actually Shabelle Hallback's trainer. Um, he, I don't know if anybody knew that he was going through cancer and chemo. He had cancer, which went through chemo. And so on that flight, I watched him in misery, and I just had I had a heart. So rather than be selfish, all of my drive, that Ram drive, it kind of went into nurturing and caring for him. It was growing up at the airport. It's all kind of stuff. So that fight, I didn't, I was out of my element. But so, that, I, okay, I lost. But six months later, I was able to avenge. They called me again. Well, they called me to say, would you want to fight again? I said, yes. And then they called Erin for her fight. And lo and behold, both of our fights fell off. And they was like, why don't we just do a rematch? I was like, yeah, I'm ready now. And so in the rematch, that's where you probably saw I knocked her out of the ring. And um, although they said the ropes were loose, but everybody fought with loose ropes. But she got knocked out of the ring um, first round. And and that was that was that um, the end of that particular <laughs> yeah. But there was a, there was a little there's a little there's a little something that happened before then, and I don't know if you know that part. You probably do, but but uh, what that did I whole mean? that I whole okay. So so Layla Ali the 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 when I fought Aaron Hill and lost. Layla Lee was in the crowd. So, because um, at this time they was trying to see who would Layla fight next. And the whole thing was about who would be the one to beat Layla. So they was trying to find that it factor to right. beat Layla. So they felt like I had it, but I didn't have a name. So they said, I definitely didn't have a backing. It was just my right and left pockets. And, yeah. and you know, that's what it was. So um, she saw me lose. And I was like, hey, that's good. You lost. And I was like, okay. They say she fight losers. 
So now you're a loser. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see if we get the contract. So um, they called me for the with the contract. Um, what's his name? Um, Tom Loeffler. Loeffler, if I'm saying it correctly. He called me and I was like, man, send the contract. I'm not going to even read it. I'm just going right. to sign it. You guys figure it out. I said, did you ask her if she wanted to fight me? And then it was like, um, yeah. I said, okay, well, let's do it. I said, you know, some of these fights we fight for free because it's not about the money. Right. And, and so just to having that mindset, some people, when you talk like that, they think that you're out of your element. But I was just one of those ones that I had nothing to lose. And that's what was I learned in business. That's the scare factor. Right. A person that doesn't have anything to lose, you better watch out for that person. So I didn't, I learned all of that stuff. But what happened was three days later, um, Dub Huntley, her trainer or former trainer, who was actually on the phone when there was a conversation between my one of my uh, trainers and her, Dub Huntley, their brother-in-laws. Dub Huntley took a flight to Florida, came to my gym, saw me in person, and then not, we didn't hear any. We heard, there were crickets after that. So not sure what happened. Uh, can't say. All I know is they uh, did a rematch with Gwendolyn O'Neill, and she knocked her out in the, the first minute um, uh, or so of that fight. So rather than fight, I was number five in the world. Layla Ali was number one, and Wolf was number two. Gwendolyn O'Neill was number 15, if I can recall. And they went and fought Gwendolyn O'Neill again. And, you know, she already beat her, fought her again. And that was that. But the thing I was saying is, after that, you know, I, I was like, what is women boxing about if it's not fighting the best of the best? So I started having a disrespect for women's boxing. I didn't respect it at all. I didn't even care for it. Um, and I was like, anybody get in the ring, I don't care. We don't have to sign a contract. You know, it was like that that mad woman mindset. Yeah. And so that's, it took me and it elevated me to a different level. And so when I got a chance to rematch with um, Aaron Tohill, I I did what I did with her. Um, I got a chance to fight Ijeoma Agunini. I knocked her out in the first round. Okay, then I um, fought um, I fought uh, Kanjustina Ashiyin for my world title. So, so when I fought Kanjustina, no, when I fought Ijeoma with Mike Tyson, not Mike Tyson, with Don King in Florida, Don King basically brought me in. He's in Florida. I'm in Florida. He brought me in for the B side in Florida. He brought her in as the A side. That was the so one where you won the ABU middleweight title, right? No, I didn't win. That was a four title. For okay. for not not I'm talking about Ijeoma. Okay. So so that I, we fought on the um the Samuel Peter and James Tony two card in Florida. Okay. We yeah. were the first ones to fight at the Hard Rock. Um, the first females down in South Florida, but um they were saying, hey. If um, they're gonna Don King's gonna sign her, as when after this fight, I was like, sign who? It was like this is in the dressing room. It was like sign. Um, they're gonna sign Ijeoma. I was like, okay. What does that have to do with me? They was like, yeah. After she beat you, I was like, the fight had started, and they was like, yeah. But the buzz is that that because she, she was fourteen and one or something, and they said um, the buzz is that she's gonna 
that she's going to beat you and he's going to sign her. I said, put my gloves on. Yeah, put my, gloves. Saw, my gloves. Let's I go said, right put now. Put gloves on. So they put the gloves on. I start punching the wall, and it's like, hold up, ma'am, you can't punch the wall. I said, well, give me somebody to hit because um, I'm ready. So when I went out there, um, I did, you know, I knocked her out. I dropped it three times in the first round, and and then guess who ended up with the contract? You did. Yes, ma'am. So I got the contract. <laughs> That's funny. I got the contract, and then I he did. Nobody really knew. That I was on my way. I already signed the contract to go to um, to fight in Africa against Kajestina. So um, I signed his contract, put it on my desk, flew out to um, Africa, Mombasa, Kenya, got my world title, um, knocked her down. She never touched the canvas. I knocked her down like four times, six rounds, TKO. Threw that title, threw the belt in the back of my trunk, and then I. I, they was like, hey, Don King, what's taking you so long? Don King wants his contract. I was like, look, I was fighting for a title. You know, I, I know he wants to sign me or whatever. I signed the papers, but now we can you know, renegotiate because I'm a world title now, in titleist now. So he was like, Don wants the contract. So word has it, <laughs> inside scoop has it, when the contract was turned in, Don King threw it up in the air and said, tell Laura, Don waits for no one. <laughs> and you know what? That's probably true. He probably really did. Just because was, he didn't want to wait. That was the inside scoop. So that's how close I was to fighting for Don King. But um, in hindsight, that might have been a great thing because, yeah. you know, I, you never know what would have happened anyway. Because if he flipped the script that fast against Ijeama, imagine what he would have done. Right. Yeah, if something happened mm -hmm. with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so. that was always the thing with Don King. I mean, there was there was this person, there was also the there was also the downside to it too. Oh, so yeah. you never know yeah. what was gonna happen with, with if you were with Don King. You, you didn't know. It's a flip mm -hmm. of coin, literally. Yeah. Um so and I know in 2006 you were named W Band's best kept secret. Um <laughs> the best, um, and like notably the best woman out there for women's boxing um and making sure that people are getting seen um so what did mm -hmm. that mean getting the best kept secret at the end of the year in 2006. man yeah i followed w band religiously because again i was doing all this homework on my own and um i was like wow best kept secret but you just told the secret so right. now let's see so i think the thing is when people didn't know who i was um it was okay, but now that people know who knew who I was, um, they were like, I don't think we're gonna fight her. She's a little not right, she's a little dangerous, she's a little whatever. So I think they kind of, in their own way, sh just danced around me and shelved me. And so that's what it was. So again, I was trying to gain respect for women's boxing. It was just hard because I didn't understand the business of it. And I didn't understand you need to have a promoter to promote you. I didn't understand that. I felt like, okay, I can fight. I can fight like the guys. I can knock these chicks out. They can pay me. And they're like, mm, it don't work that way for women's boxing. So there's a different set of rules that I had to learn. So, um, and that's what it was. That's my story. So I, I did it. Like I said, I had to, I did it my way. 
Um, I didn't beg. I just, I just kept taking one step, trying to figure it out. And then, um, you know, I started, uh, I decided, especially on four, I actually was opening my gym with the help of a mentorship of Bon Canino. She helped mentor me into that. And so I had my own gym. I was doing my own thing. I actually worked for work, juve, um, incarcerated juveniles. So I, and I fought. And so I wasn't like, I wasn't losing in life, you know? No. And so, no. no, I wasn't. Yeah. And so it, you were 50. So yeah, it was, so it was just that, Um, it was just that whatever reason people did not want to fight me, you know, there was some, you know, there was some, you know, once I went into a heavier weight, I had surgery and my hormones shifted and everything. They removed a massive tumor about the size of a half gallon jug of milk. They removed it. My hormones shifted. I went into the heavy weight division. And, uh, you know, I, then my I'm literally not supposed to be that big. And I'm trying to, you know, hang with these the big dogs. Right. And, um, you know, and, and I started, it still didn't matter. I was like, yep, I'll fight you. I fall at Carla Ewell off the operating table. Yeah. You know, we I tried a couple of times to fight her. It didn't happen. And then finally we got a chance to fight. And um, I fought her off the operating table, 10 rounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you won that fight. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, just throw that out there. So, I know. Um, was it, I don't know, was it someone I heard, I think I just saw recently on Facebook, somebody was, was it her that was talking about, um, did you see this? I think maybe she posted, um, something about the Roy Jones, Mike Tyson fight, which had already happened, but she thought it was going to happen again. Somebody posted that and they're like, oh, this is my chance. Like where we, I can come out and we could like do it again. Was mm -hmm. it her that posted that? Oh, I'm not sure about it. I'm not I sure. I said that fight already happened. Like it's it's old. And she's like, oh, like I knew they had fought once. I thought maybe they were doing it again. Because remember when they did the exhibition? Mm. Roy and Mike. And she's like, so I was like thinking like I could get on that card, like come back. I think it was her. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just, okay. um, yeah. But yeah, but Carlette, um, we kind of we kind of grew close. Because I my first my first and only show pro show I promoted in Florida. If anybody knows, um, yeah, New York is hard. California is hard. Florida is a really hard state to promote in, um, which is why we're in Mexico now. But um, you know, my first ever I did it as a joke. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Like, this is eighth grade administrative push paper pushing emailing you know, faxing back in the day stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can do this. So me and my friend, uh, right-hand man, Patrick Washington, truck driver, we were faxing from truck stops and all kind of stuff. And we put on the pro show. That's actually on YouTube. But Carlette, um, I had her, uh, her, the main event was her fighter. So she came down and brought her fighter to fight in Florida for the main event and her fighter actually won what was called my Bataram um, championship belt. Her fighter actually took that belt back, yeah. And so because she had worked with me and my that, that whole event, oh my God, it was, I can't even explain what happened, but 
um, it did happen, but I had to actually pay post pay some of her money, you know, them some money. So yeah. um, I paid them, I left them with some, but then I started doing my increments and they didn't file a complaint against or anything. But when it was my time to fight her, I was like, you know what, since you work with me on my deal, um, and I know how these shows are, I'm going to give you guys a 90 day clause to pay me. So on my clause, I typed the contract and I put pay me within 90 days. And she was like, really? And I was like, yep, because the ticket sales weren't going. I was like, I already know you already work with me. So we kind of became like, you know, boxers, buddies and sisters. And, um, you know, we talked, you know, phone and things like that. But I just I was just a little hurt because, like, you know, I felt like I had won that fight. Some people say it was a draw. Definitely wasn't a loss, and I put in a um, I put in a, a um, right away called the commission and put in filed a complaint and said, hey, this was supposed to, you know, get the video. So nobody ever, never provided the video, but that that fight is still under appeal if video is ever presented. That video, I mean, that fight. So you don't have video either. Nah, they're not gonna. This guy sent me. He sent me some clips, so I know he videotaped it. He sent me clips, but they said it had to be unedited. So you know that again. That's a part of my yeah. legacy, my story. So that would be the one fight that still bothers you today. Um, um, it's it's one. There's I mean there's others, but that one I just have to say, hmm. All right, I lost. You won. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Moving yeah. On. I feel you. I feel you. Um, who would you say was your toughest opponent? Wow. Let I mean, me see. You fought um, so many good ones. Um, oh, man. I should say. I, so, I would say, I, I can't really answer that question because every, my, every fight, there has there was something and something like I like think. when i fought um when i fought my daughter fought and i don't know if you know this my daughter fought sonia lamonicus or lamonicus i didn't my know daughter that. fought her in 2010 if you go look okay. at box okay. so my daughter's name is alicia william stevenson so she fought sonia i worked the corner and she my daughter's first and only fight was with um lou debella in new york on Broadway. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So, and she was a heavyweight. So, Sonya fought her. The New York State Athletic Commission allowed my daughter, who had no amateur fights, she had a book full of entries, of years of entries, no official punch, let a four-time New York State Golden Glove champion fight my daughter. Okay. So, something is not right. But yeah. we, we're going to play the game. So I went ahead and, you know, my daughter, she fought Sonya. She, she beat my daughter. But I just said, I just said to her, um, well, since you beat my daughter, you know I got to get you back. You know, one of those type of statements. And yeah. so, so that was in 2010. We didn't, Sonya kept saying there was nobody to fight all those years. I made a rap song about it. I did all this stuff. I did everything but call her out because I don't have to call you out if I'm right here for you to fight. Why do I have to call you out? You're the one making the noise. So 
um, it just was happening. Hap you know, I had a fighter that was fighting on Keith Thurman undercard, a male. We were up in her home. We were up at Gleason's gym. These trainers came up and said, "Wait, you Lady Ram?" I was like, "Yeah." They said, um, "They said, oh, why won't you fight Sonya?" I said, "Sonya who?" And they was like, "Oh, you know what we're talking about." I said, "Well, I just fought a Sonya, so who are you talking about?" They said, "Oh, the one that fights here." I said, well, "I don't know who that is. She's a nobody." They said, "Oh, so they started this big thing, and this is I think maybe Facebook Live had just started or something, and they started this big thing." And start got and this is this is why Clarissa Shields is so so on point because she knows how to strike strike the chord, and so that so I had to learn that. But here I am, like forty, I'm like forty seven years old or something, just learning to strike that match to start the fire. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. I said, Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Put me on video. And so I was like, Yeah, Sonya, wherever you are, I'm in your uncle Cleases right now. I'm just talking. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know how to do that. I'm like, yeah, I'm in your home, you know, I'm in your hometown, blah, blah, blah. Where are you? You want to fight, da, da, da. So I said something, I don't even remember. And lo and behold, they, um, uh, this guy reached out to me, said he's calling on her behalf for a fight. I'm like, really? I said, okay, let's fight. And, and, that. and that's what happened. Nice. Yep. Hey, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to you got to be the one to to start the noise because they are talking all <laughs> that mess. But it won't say specifics or mention names, but, you know, they're talking to you, but they're not talking to you directly. So, yeah, sometimes you just got to you got to be the one. Well, with social social media now, see, but people people my in my era, we have my space. Right. Yeah. And so yes. I don't even remember how that thing worked, but now all the music industry, everybody's social media, marketing, all your marketing advertisement. So all you have to do is say something off kilter or negative. Yeah. All the positive stuff gets kind of overlooked a lot of times. But the negative stuff is what strikes. So I had to, but I learned. And so we got the fight and we fought to a draw. My hair was all over the place. And everything it was horrible but what people don't know then there's people that knew but she didn't know and i didn't let people know i had a full scale pull hamstring that fight full <laughs> scale hamstring yeah. i could not even push off i was in so much pain so if if there was a fight that was the hardest it was it was she was tough i'm not saying she's not I couldn't be me because I had an injury and I couldn't, I shouldn't, injury, yeah, yeah okay, I shouldn't even fall. think about that. You fought to a draw. So imagine if you didn't have the injury, you would have definitely beat her. Yeah. And, and I, I wrote up the contract. So I said, I said, if, if I beat you, we'll redo this 90 days in Florida. So she agreed to that. So my thought was, okay, if I beat you in your neck of the woods, what you think I'm gonna do with my neck of the woods? Right. So she agreed to that for us. Said, okay. So in the ring, I I, I want to see that again. In the ring, she was like, "So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do a rematch." I said, "No, it's a draw." So the draw, there's no rematch. So we didn't, we don't have to oblige to the contract. Right. Yeah. Well. And, and with her, with that fight, I was like, I I didn't even care. 
about the money. I made it a money issue, but I didn't really care about the money. It was about it was about you all these years. You avoided me and you're talking. And she said something about, oh, I beat her daughter. If she got sisters, I beat her. Then she got, she started like talking like my family stuff. Yeah. And my mom had just passed. So the last thing she wanted to say was if I'll be the mom too, because I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> yeah. So she started, yeah, she started treading a, a line that I don't even, a line of disrespect that I don't even like, if you really want to see me come out fighting and I'll fight you, but it won't be a fair fight and it definitely won't be in the ring. So yeah. that, that thing, I wasn't even going to go there, but I'm glad she never said it. So she said just enough to strike, like fire me up to the point that I, you know, I did what I had to do. But I told them, I said, I told the promoter, I said, um, it was with Rivera Boxing. I said, um, I said, look, do you know the history behind us? He was like, no. So I gave him the history of my, my daughter and everything. I was like, no, nah, I, I owe her a butt whipping. I was like, you know, I would do it for free, but since y'all giving away money, um, just put some numbers down there and let's make this thing happen. I said, the only thing I want you to have is a um, is a, your insurance policy. I said, that's that's it. Uh, if you have an ambulance and insurance policy, I said, we're good. I said, because if I don't disrupt the inside of her internal organs, I said, I didn't do enough. Right. And that that and that's what I meant. And yeah. so I I know she hadn't fought. I had I know she hadn't fought again. I don't know I don't know where she is and what she's doing. But somebody said I cracked the rib. Somebody said she had internal bleeding. But they didn't tell me until a little later. But if that's true, I feel good about it. But if it's not true, I'm still disappointed because my whole intent was um to destroy her. Like. Yeah. Like not even like like I really wanted to put her on a stretcher because she I, I felt she was disrespectful. Now, as a person, I mean maybe that's just her her um her get up as far as the boxing promotions, but I think as a person she's a really good person. I know you know she's a teacher. I respect that and everything, but um you know she was just doing that to strike up something. I'm just not that one really, right. you know. Right. So that and that's kind of just what that was. But I'm good now, you know. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you there. Um, here, come here, buddy. This my son. Hey, baby. You got the hi? What's his um, name? Mason. Hey, Mason. He just woke up. <laughs> hey, Mason. Um. So. I think the only other, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff I was going to ask you, but before he goes in bananas, um, why don't you just tell us about the show? I asked you most of your stuff about your career. I was going to talk about women's boxing today, but before he goes bananas and starts freaking out, why don't okay. you tell everybody about the show this weekend, where they can watch it, where they can get tickets, um, any new info, info you got and stuff like that. Okay. So this weekend, March 18th, we'll be in um monterey nuevo leon mexico um with the ring king and queens um which is also known as the women's boxing championship series and we'll have a host of american boxing organization title belts on the line 
with Carice Brown, Naomi Bosquez, and um, a few other. We have a special fight coming in from um, from France. Her name is Capanza. If you guys go to my Facebook, Laura Ramsey, um, or Laura Lady Ram Ramsey, you can. I'll be dropping the links. The links is already out there. You guys could purchase it for twenty nine ninety nine. And that should trickle over into the Instagram as well. Um, and if you're in Mexico, you can also pull it up under War Boxing International. Um, that's W-A-R Boxing International. Or um, I also have a page called KO Sports International. That's K-H-A-O Sports International on Facebook. So you guys can find us and the links are already out there. Um, as far as tickets um, are concerned, you'll have to just buy the tickets at the door. And um, and then you we, you know we're looking for a great show, and uh, we we hope that these girls uh you know I I, I know they're gonna put on a, a great show. So thank Ernesto yeah. Neri and War Boxing Promotions for inviting KO Sports International um along to to make this event happen. Yes, absolutely. Um, how was Taz's training camp? Is she ready to go? Is she excited? I know we're gonna oh, be in the main event. This has got to be big for her. Oh yeah, so the training camp has been great. Um, you know, we had that fight on the zone back in December, but that was a replacement fight for the Australia fight that was um the opponent apparently hurt her hand. So yep. she's been training, you know, for months um for for a fight and then this the zone was unfortunate situation, but now this fight, uh, we're looking to, you know, I, I don't wanna say tune up, but we're looking to get back in the ring. And then, um, and then in two weeks later, we'll be fighting for a world title fight in Australia. So, um, you know, it's getting busy. We're getting busy, but training camp is, is good. Um, she's, you know, she's sitting on 128, um, but the fight is, the fights are at 126. So she's sitting 128 right now. So um, I would say she's on track. Definitely. Yeah, she's still got a few days, got two pounds. That's nothing. She'll definitely be there. Um, oh, was there anything else that you wanted to throw out before we call it a day? Let you get some rest before your flight this morning? Yeah, I'm headed to the airport at three in the morning. Um, so I just want to invite anybody that um wants to fight for the American Boxing Organization titles to reach out to me. I can give you the information on that. Or we'll reach out to Juan Curiel. That's you, uh, J U A N C U R I E L of American Boxing organization and also if any females if you guys are um if you're interested in amateur boxing and you're in america and you need some guidance let me know i can ship there's some i can give you some affiliate boxing gyms for the um amateur boxing if you're interested in pro boxing you can reach out to me i could direct you to your path as far as pro boxing is concerned and so um there's some more there's another announcement after um, we get back from Australia that we'll be announcing as far as the women's boxing um, championship series, the next the next go around and what we're going to do. So, Awesome. All right. I appreciate you for your time. We'll definitely be tuning in. Good luck to you and all the fighters. Um, and we'll talk again soon. All right. Hey, Mason. Say bye-bye. Got- bye, Mason. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you so much, Brooke. Um, um, thank you for uh, supporting us, and um, and uh, we look forward to speaking again. Absolutely. Thank you for coming you. on. I appreciate you All as right. always. All right. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye. All right.